This is Yoga, Chai and a Dog, your podcast hosted by Deepak and Urchna. Hear them discuss various topics related to yoga, health and wellness. So, on to your host now. Welcome once again to your favorite podcast, Yoga Chai and a Dog. Here's a question for you. What does a modern yogi look like? One who combines the yogic asana with physical therapy, with inputs from physical therapy, sports medicine and a whole lot. Do you still call him a yoga practitioner? Well, we have a guest for you. Yeah, and he is uh, one of the most influential yoga, modern day yoga practitioner. You know, Deepak, he and his wife, they run the advanced yoga teacher training uh, for the teachers. And his yoga practice is something very different where he brings the scientific side of it, uh, the, uh, of the yoga, and as well as in the modern era, how we sit, how we live. But he just improvised the asana. He brings lot lot different essence in that practices and asana so and i haven't stopped hearing archana praising him and talking about him and i was also surprised when when i talked to him without you holding the suspense live we are talking about jason crandall and andrea ferrati yeah and andrea is a beautiful woman and uh, not only just beautiful woman she she also helps jason out in lot of thing what he does and uh, yeah she herself is a yoga practitioner yes, and, yeah. and and she's just not that she she has edited yoga journal she has uh, she has edited women's wire which is an online magazine she hosts a yoga land podcast uh, like us and she also runs a lot, lot of online courses so you can Uh, you can imagine you know when we got talking there were so many things in common about you know a husband wife team uh, working and, around and, and yoga and the beautiful thing is if you are a dog person or you have a pet yes, so they have they, they have got a dog uh, like us finally we have got someone who has got a dog <laughs> it and, was amazing guys talking to them and, and they have they have a beautiful daughter called sofia and i i i would insist because you know when i was doing course online with him uh, sofia was there and uh, she 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 is also in the steam so yeah yes indeed <laughs> yeah so uh, without further ado guys here is our conversation that we recorded with jason and andrea and we just wished the conversation to continue and continue but yes we knew that we had to and stop somewhere it's not somewhere. about yoga guys it's not about yoga <laughs> so without further ado let's listen to it so here we have with us jason and andrea hello guys Hi guys. Thanks for Hi. having us on. It's so good to finally get to talk to you. So I I know Archana has done it quite a lot of time and I've heard a lot about you but well, we are going to uncover all of that uh, one by one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um look, she has an unfair advantage. She knows you. She knows Andrea. She has met you guys. I haven't I've heard her uh, your voice. Yeah. And perhaps a brief glimpse. <laughs> when you were doing the online course so let me ask you guys my first question who is jason and andrea <laughs> well let me say it's it's possible you have the unfair advantage cuz you haven't had to listen to me as much as archna has i bet <laughs> i think i think you're kind of winning that race 
No, I, I, I disagree with that. People who are not with Jason, I, I feel they are not, I, I just could say that, that they don't have the knowledge of actually the modern yoga. Fair okay. Enough. I just want to say before we answer your question too, sorry, we're being such a, a non-compliant guests, but I just want to say it's so sweet to talk to you both because I've listened to your podcast and last summer when I was in London, I got to meet Archana and Archana told me about your podcast and said, oh, it's similar to you guys. You know, there's like the husband wife banter and it really is true. It's so nice to talk to another um, husband and wife team. Totally. It's really <laughs> yeah. But Andrea, there is a difference. He's coming totally from a very different background and I am from a different background. So we both. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. So, so it's it's like it's like a non-yogi and a, and a yogi in our case. Yes. Probably the dog in between. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although yeah. you're very, you are very open minded, obviously. Thank you so much for that. But you still need to answer my question. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that was called obfuscation. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'll jump in first. Um, yeah. I uh, I am the host of Yoga Land podcasts right now. That's what I spend my time mm-hmm. doing uh, in work wise, and also taking care of our. Uh, well, we both take care of our um, almost eight year old daughter, who you might hear in the background at any moment. Um, I grew up. I grew up in a small suburb on the east coast of um, U.S. Pennsylvania, and then I moved out to California after college, kind of looking for looking for something. I don't quite know. I think I knew what I was looking for, and I ended up finding yoga in my mid to late twenties. Um, and just, it was actually kind of a slow burn for me. I wasn't like immediately hooked. Um, I did it for several, several years before I started doing it every day. And I started doing Ashtanga yoga every day. Um, and then I, I did a teacher training in 2002 and that led to a job at yoga journal as an editor And I was there for, I don't know, 11 years, something like that. Uh, And that's where I met Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Quick bio. It's hard. Um, (laughs) I I actually have, I'll kind of tag in. I have a pretty similar story. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Salido, Ohio. And I grew up, I think the first thing that I really identified with was skateboarding. So that was not only my hobby and passion, but that became my subculture. That really became my, my center of identification. And Mm -hmm. I think at that phase of my life, this is something Andrea and I had have talked about a lot is we always were looking for something bigger. I, I think that we were looking to participate in a larger world um, not, not to be, not to be negative, but when you grow up in a small area, it can be a little parochial, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily that the worldview was problematic. It's that it was limited enough that it didn't, maybe didn't represent who we were and what we were looking for. Um, and I remember just taking like small road trips when I was a kid. And even when we would drive through Cleveland, which if you've ever drive, driven through Cleveland, it's, it's not much to talk about on a podcast. No offense anyone in Cleveland, but like I'd be excited because there were some big buildings yeah. and there would, there'd be some people that didn't look exactly like me. Yeah. So I always wanted to, you know, like I wanted to, I wanted to move to a city. Um, and then when I found San Francisco, both. In part because that's 
Like when I was a kid watching a lot of skateboard videos, that's where a lot of them were filmed. So yeah. I had this very mythic notion of San Francisco and I was not only into skateboarding, but by the time I first arrived there, I was very into like very leftist politics. And nice. so San Francisco seemed to be like right. this, this <laughs> refuge for me. Um, and then a couple years in, I, I found yoga and yoga was, I don't know if it was a slow burn. Yoga was, um, yoga was difficult for me in that it, in that the very practice of it made me, um, confront a lot of what was inside, which wasn't always comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. but it always made me feel better. Like yoga had a very, uh, even just the asana practice, the asana and the breathing practice had a very measurable benefit in the quality of my life. So even though I tried to quit many times, I just, I couldn't kind of turn around. And so now when I think about who I am, I think about I'm a parent, I'm a husband and I'm a, and I'm a teacher of this subject matter, um, that is universal and interesting. Hmm. Wow. That's great. Why yoga? <sighs> um, Sorry. Am I asking very difficult questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's what I had exposure to, right? Uh, so, so it's, it's difficult. Uh, here's the thing. I have always done physical things and I've always really liked competitive physical things. And I still like competitive physical things. Mm -hmm. But the thing about the yoga practice, so let me, let me say not why yoga, but let me say like why the asana and the breathing component of yeah. yoga for, for now, we, we can talk, we can talk the broader elements later, but the physicality of it just worked really well for my nervous system. It just helped me self-regulate and it helps. I just genuinely think it helped balance my nervous system more than other physical activities have. And, and still, the other physical activities I do, I find a ton of joy in, but they yeah. don't have the same after effect of doing an asana meditation and breathing practice. So, so I think just just literally the the physical upside, the experiential upside of that particular discipline has just worked really well for me. I'll say the last part, which is the then when it comes to the broader philosophical context and inquiry of yoga, I've always been interested, not necessarily in yoga, but I've always been interested in existentialism one way or another. Like I've always been interested in contemplations of the self because that's how I've always been. Like I've always just not known who I am. Um, and I mean that on a very existential level. Like if we think about who we are, it's really confusing. Um, and so yoga from a philosophical perspective, even though there's some components of it that don't always work for me, um, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it, it provides an opportunity for inquiry, um, that I think has just always been in keeping with who I am. Right. I'm going to ask you one more trick question. I sorry, I can't avoid it. When both of you, uh, yeah. Uh, what would you have done if not yoga? Let's start with Andrea. That's <laughs> such a good question. I I contemplate that sometimes because I will say. I mean, I'm like this mix of a person where I, I I'm very creative and um, I love you know kind of non-conformist things, but really 
in my everyday life, I need like a, I've always needed like a very structured job and a very structured schedule. And so I've needed to, I, I sort of conform and I don't conform. Um, yeah. And when I worked at Yoga Journal, it was the first job I ever had where it was the best of both worlds, right? It was like, I had the schedule, I had a paycheck, I had, you know, someone had expectations of me. And yet all the people I worked with, we were all kind of misfits. We were all kind of like, just trying to figure ourselves out. So um, if, if not yoga, uh, I would probably have worked for another magazine and um, be writing about health and wellness in some other way. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't but think anyway, I in a way you are doing the same thing uh, with uh, the platform which you and Jason had, and I think you are the person behind a lot of things. But you know, he is doing and you are doing together, and you know, uh, it's I'm, I am really, I am really fascinated by you both because the way he, Jason did the online thing, and I told Deepak that you know, it's it's it was so organized and and uh, teaching part was the best but at the same time the the work what you both have put in so i i think still you have that essence in you so <laughs> you put I'll, I'll just i'll just rant she has, uh, you have set the bar very high for me andrea <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. she does that for me too with <laughs> oh, uh, being respectful and ethical oh you guys just, civilized oh go on you you two go on this is this moment so good for our marriage right now also i was putting the dishes away before we talked which is and walk the dog and, and walk the dog. dog yeah um yeah. i would have been a professional football player i think <laughs> oh wow you mean like football the uk Both. football i would have played american football professional and then the rest of the world foot professional no um i've i've always i would have been an academic i would have been a professor of something probably a professor <laughs> of um you know, my, my more of my educational background is politics and lefty political thinking. So I think that I would have been at a think tank or a a university, but I left my master's program because I didn't want to do that. Like I I left my master's program because I just didn't want to be intellectually competitive for a living. Um, And I just, I just didn't want to be in that world. I didn't want to be in a world where the main thing I did was argue about things or advance an ideological point. And it's not that I don't still have certain worldviews. It's that um, that process doesn't bring me the same kind of equanimity than teaching people the skills of self-regulation does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I, I have a few questions and <laughs> okay. I know that it's, it's uh, nothing to do with yoga or anything, but it's like, uh, I know Jason, uh, you are like, uh, you know, when I did the first module, I started with you. And when I saw you coming into the, I, I have never shared with anyone, but I got really emotional because, you know, when you are looking at someone and, you know, their videos and their talk and all. So you, you have a, a picture of that person and you, uh, someday you want to train under that person or whatever. So for me, that was really very emotional time. And I'm, I'm very sensitive person. So what happened when you are <laughs> in a supermarket or, 
or somewhere and you have trained so many people and there is someone and Andrea is with you and maybe a really beautiful woman or a girl, she looked at you and, oh my gosh, here is Jason and all. So how, how do you, how, handle, how do you, how do you handle that? And what wow, do you, and how, how does Andrea uh, react to it? Sorry guys, so don't not today. I, I don't know if this has happened. I think this is more of a theoretical exercise. Uh, do we need to uh, it sounds exciting to me. Um, okay, let's say this happened. I think the first thing that I would say is, this is my wife, Andrea. <laughs> um, but I understand. I, I understand. Like, I, I will answer the question sincerely. So um, I understand your feeling. I had the same thing when I first met um, who became my main teacher, Rodney Yee, because I had taken his classes via VHS cassette for over a year. So I had this feeling of knowing who he was, or I had this feeling inside myself um, that was magnified. And when I met him, it was like really exciting. Um, so I, I get it. Um, I don't, I mean, there is, I guess with some, some inconsistent regularity. I will, people will introduce myself, introduce themselves to me outside of the yoga context and say, Hey, I take your classes on yoga glow. Thanks so much. Um, I mean, I, I, I genuinely don't think I've been in the exact situation that you're painting out. I can answer this question. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Let's see. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like, um, I don't, I understand when people think I am a particular way because they've been exposed to me, but I don't think I am that way. You know what I mean? So like when someone is like, oh my God, I take your classes. I love them. I'm just genuinely thankful, but I'm not like, it doesn't, it, you don't I'm take not, on the projection. I don't take on the projection. Yeah. And it's, it's not to say that I don't have an ego and I can't be flattered. But it's to say that in this situation, I'm just genuinely thankful and I'm usually surprised, but I don't, I don't really take it on one way or another. Yeah, it's it's sometimes you know I've uh, yeah I I picturize is more like a Hollywood type of thing, but it, it was <laughs> something different. It's like you know uh, uh, sometimes you know uh, as a teacher because you are a yoga teacher, Andrea is yoga teacher, I am a teacher, and I have coached so many. So sometimes when people come and they just are so grateful for uh, you know and and. Uh, there is sometimes as a human, you find it, it's like really hard to understand why somebody is like so much flattered with you because, you know, you have done your work as a, as a yoga teacher and you have given what whatever comes to you and whatever you have got the knowledge and education or whatever. So how do you come across? I, yeah, I, I think uh, what... Uh what we're trying to do is to kind of dissociate the person from the yogi, yeah, the, yeah, the yogi yeah, image. Yeah. And one of the things that we we want to do and hence not talk about yoga with you is uh, people hear you talking about yoga all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But we want to, we, but we want to talk to Jason and as, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, as removed from yoga. So, uh, so come on now, now is the confession time. You do, you, you do feel good, right? 
<laughs> um, I'm actually going to say I do and I don't because I, I to be yeah. honest with you, I see the shadow side of it too, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I really do. And and the other thing is like, I don't know, I've always had this sense of things go away at some point, they go away, mm-hmm. so, you yeah. know, so yeah. I don't. I don't actually crave the spotlight that much because I also don't want to sit in the shadow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to get, I don't, I don't really want to be that attached to flattery because I know how fickle it is. Not that it yeah. isn't sincere, but it can change to a different target tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So, yeah. so I, I don't, and I've seen it. So, you know, I mean, you watch anything for a while and you just see the cyclical nature of popularity and most everything. So it's one of these things where, yeah, it totally feels good. It's really nice. But I think that my personality just doesn't really take it on that much. And when I do contemplate it, I think it is in part because I don't, I I just know how easy that that attention could shift and no longer be pointed in my direction. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that, I think that if, if Jason and I have an imbalance with anything, it's actually hard, hard work. Like we're more addicted to hard work than we are to the spotlight and wow. that we, we can get a little imbalanced in that way. And working together, kind of, we feed, we feed, we feed off of each other and we have to remember like, yeah, like it's a good thing to see our friends and it's a good thing to, you know, socialize and cause we're also both introverts um, so, so how how as a as a couple how is your day if you are not doing any like any classes or any practice and Andrea you are not doing your you know you you are doing a lot of thing I have seen you know in your platform you are launching a lot of different courses and everything so how how is it life when you are not doing this and uh, like uh, a weekend or whatever mm-hmm. you know do you live uh, like a <laughs> normal couple type of thing where you know it's, it's just like you go out with your daughter and a dog have- no we get up at 4 a.m for our puja <laughs> followed by pranayama and kriya practice <laughs> we live the most normal life ever i think that's all we aspire to actually um because you know another thing to know about us is like um I don't know, when you first asked that question of how does Jason handle sort of the adoration of of women, because there are so many women yoga students, right? And, and, some and, of, as, and, and quite a number of them are quite lovely too. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, like, <laughs> as I get older and I go into the studio, I'm like, are they getting younger? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we just, I think early on in our relationship, it made me a lot more nervous. And we had a lot of discussions about boundaries and about, you know, and, and yeah, and what it meant to hold boundaries with people and, and to not take on their projections. Um, and what's clear for both of us is like, we just, we just want, it's, I mean, I don't mean to sound cliche, but we just love each other and we just want to have a happy life and re- simple life and relationship. And so our daily life in San Francisco is we live in a small neighborhood that has like a main street. Um, and there's a lot of kids here. It's a pretty, still a pretty diverse neighborhood. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a library and there's a pet store and there's, I mean, it is very quaint. Um, so we spend a lot of time in our neighborhood, um, and just like walking around and getting coffee and baking and, 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're talking to you right now during um, our, you know, still during the co- in shelter in place COVID. So prior mm-hmm. to it, you know, if I wasn't traveling on a weekend, we would, we wouldn't really necessarily leave the neighborhood at all, you know, and the majority of our life on the weekends would really be focused on being parents and, yeah. you know, getting up, getting coffee, yeah. having a good time with the kid, making lunch, like hanging like out in the afternoon, dates, you know, taking her on play dates, taking her on bike rides. I try to be in bed by eight or eight thirty PM. So I got like no nightlife. So, who is the, who is the, uh, cook in your home, Jason? It, or it you? was me for the first few years of our relationship, um, mm-hmm. and then it was Andrea for many years, and now it's it's kind of come back to parity. It's yeah. kind of come back to evenness. We both really like to cook. Oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah. I'm banished from the kitchen at my house because I al- always do unhealthy cooking. Oh, like what? <laughs> I, I I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yes we we heard about the dog and uh, we heard about the daughter let's hear a bit more about them the dog what kind of a dog yes oh uh, the dog is just she has just changed our life who knew this like little you know junkyard creature <laughs> who sometimes looks like a meerkat sometimes looks like an overgrown rat could be like <laughs> literally changed our entire families life. I mean, do you want to talk about how we met her? Yeah. So we, for about a year, were volunteering pretty much every day at a place called Family Dog Rescue. And during that time, Sophia really wanted a dog. And we would just go to this place and go and pretty much every day. And there were a couple of dogs that... Sophia just became really fond of. So when you go there, there's many things you can do. But one of the main things that you do as a volunteer is you socialize the dogs just by hanging out with them. And yeah. so you take them on walks and so forth. And then there were these two dogs that pretty much for about a month. And when I say every day, I mean, every day, we would go every day. And for part of that, Sophia wanted to spend time in this one room where they let you, when you're a volunteer, just like hang out with a dog or two at a time. Um, She kept wanting to hang out with this dog, Ginger. And kind of a long story short, we had fostered one dog named Susie, who was really, really sweet, but a little high strung. Um, Mm -hmm. Brought her back. It was just a foster. It was our first round. She got got, um, adopted. Adopted a few days later. Yeah. Um, and then Andrea was going away for one weekend. It was uh, my first work trip in like seven years. Yeah. And I, I flew to New York. I was so excited. I got to the hotel. It was like, he go, he goes on all these glamorous trips and glamorous. he calls me four seasons in London. And then, <laughs> you know, and then I'm, so I'm like on my first glamorous trip and he lets me stay on his hotel point. So I'm in this fancy hotel and I'm going to see all my friends from high school and I call home and he's like, well, sorry, honey, it fell. Well, we've, we're fostering a dog this weekend. <laughs> thought, oh my gosh. I was like, honey, it was so heartbreaking the last time we had to take the dog back. I don't want to have to take another dog back. And he's like, I don't think we're going to have to. I think we found our dog. So the first <laughs> night, right, the first night we brought her home and we already had like all the accessories for a small dog at home because we had fostered this other dog, Susie. 
And so we were getting ready to go to bed. And I said, Sophia, do you want to stay in your, cause Sophia sometimes would sleep in her own room. Sometimes would sleep with us. And I said, mm-hmm. do you want to sleep in your own room? And do you want to see if Ginger will sleep in there? And she's like, yeah. So (laughs) Sophia gets in her bed and then I put the dog bed on top of Sophia's bed. Now, mind you, like this is a chihuahua, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't concerned that this dog was going to like eat my daughter. (laughs) Um, um, So we, so I put Ginger in on top of the bed and she got in her dog bed and I said, okay, I'll see you guys in the morning. And I just like went in the other room. I had like a normal night. I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and it was like 7 a.m. And I walked into Sophia's room and Sophia was had was just waking up and Ginger was still in her bed and she was awake. And I was like, okay, this is our dog. <laughs> you know? It just it's so yeah. So I so I love this dog dearly. My only issue is that um, I am third in terms of this dog's preferences. So emotionally, I'm having to deal with the reality that I want <laughs> I want a little more affection from the dog than she wants to provide this. I can empathize with that. I'm the same in our house. <laughs> she is obsessed with Andrea. Andrea, anytime she walks anywhere in the house, there's a little pat- pitter-patter of dog paws behind it. <laughs> I'll, I'll just look across the room and and there's like... And, and it's just chihuahua eyes gazing at me lovingly. <laughs> I have never experienced anything like it. You know, you know, when we were uh, uh, thinking about talking to you and we were making, you know, some notes and uh, my daughter, she is 21 and she said that you talked about Jason's dog. So please don't forget to ask about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I, I will, because I know Jason would be really normal when he he talks about dogs so passionately. And he he said he follows uh, not Yogi, but he follows the in Instagram, the dogs, actually. I, there's no doubt I spend more time looking at dogs on Instagram than yoga on Instagram. That is 100 percent guaranteed. Yeah. So Jason, you get to travel to all these glamorous, great places and stay to. there for yeah, for weeks, uh, whatever. So do you also do touristy things or are you too tired by the end of the day and just go and hit the bed? Um, mostly the latter. Uh, the, it's kind of interesting because the majority of the places that I go now, I have been to many times. So yeah. like London, for example, Hong Kong, for example, like those places I've been so many times. I've done so many touristy things. Um that now when I'm there, I just kind of feel like I'm there, like working from home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those places feel so familiar to me. I still yeah. try to go out and enjoy myself, but it does kind of feel a little unrequited because it feels like, oh, I have the excitement of being in this place. And yet at the same time, for me to do my job well, I, you know, I don't have the energy to like yeah. go run around and do a million things and then also teach for nine hours a day. Yes. Um, so I, it, it feels more like business travel than, than it ever has. Yeah. So what do you do, Andrea, when Jason is traveling so much, you know, and especially when he's taking the advanced teachers training and also it's, it's a long, uh, you know, like two weeks and also uh, I know you have, you know, you have to look after your daughter. And, but how, how do you, what do you do actually behind the scene mm. when he's not around? 
Oh, do you mean what do I do work-wise while he's in terms of... Uh, everything work-wise, home, yeah. you know, how do you cope? Because it's it's like, uh, I know when Deepak was traveling a lot, you know, and uh, that time my children were quite young and uh, it was really challenging for me to do. Still, I was doing my personal training and all those studies and everything, nutrition. So it was really challenging time. So how how do you cope with that? It is very, very challenging. Um, I, w- I was just thinking yesterday that becoming a mother has been the best thing for me in terms of showing me what I'm capable of. Um, I mean, Jason had to go away for the first time to Japan when Sophia was six weeks old. And it was oh. a two-week trip. And I thought I was going to die. I was so anxious about being alone with her. I she was a pretty like uh, colicky baby. So there was a lot of, um, it was hard to take her out a lot. I was, it was kind of lonely and I survived it. I just did it, you know? And, and ever since then it's, it's like, as you said, I mean, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but I try, I've really tried to build up as much community as I, as I can. And it, it can be hard in the city uh, because people come and go a lot, people move a lot, um, especially out of San Francisco. But we do have, I have a good friend who I met when I just posted a, like on the online parents message board for our neighborhood, I posted, anybody want to meet up with your month old baby? Meet me at this cafe. And uh, about four four of us showed up and one of them is one of my best friends now. And so Sophia and this little girl were born two weeks apart and have known each other since they were babies. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So wow. I, just, I try to rely on my community um, in terms of, because that's really ha- the only way I get to socialize too uh, when Jason goes away, because I don't, I, she's never loved babysitters. And when he's away, it's even harder for her, for me to go out. It's like, she needs me to be there. Um, yes. So I try to rely on our community. I try to like be available for other people's kids and really just, you know, I just try to build up that network. Um, And now that she's in school, you know, it's, it's all a lot easier. It is actually one of the reasons I decided to do the podcast and continue working because I think Jason would have been fine a few years ago with me just kind of doing the mom thing full time. And I was like, I need another outlet. I need to feel connected in the way that I am accustomed to feeling connected as an adult. I had my child when I was 40, you know, I had a, I had a long career and identity before I had my child. And so continuing to do this work, um, on my own schedule just helps me feel like me. Yeah. Yeah. I I can, I can definitely, Uh, but I, I have heard, uh, that you're also working on a new project. Uh, again, yeah. Uh, are you ready to share something? Oh, yeah. We get- yeah. I, I'm so oblivious. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> My own. <laughs> she's, not, right. she's, she's, she's always cooking up projects. Okay, got it's it. It's true. I, I'm always cooking up projects. But this is kind of like... Wait, you're doing an online course? <laughs> I am. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you all about it. As if you haven't lived with it for a year. Uh, whenever I go to talk to Jason's teacher trainees, when I get a chance to do that, Jason will mm-hmm. sort of say, ask Andrea any questions you want to ask. And the, the question is always, how do I, you know, become a better writer? Or how do I share things online? Or how do I create content? And so after being asked that question a lot of times, I thought, hmm, 
I better really think about how I do this. It's so kind of ingrained in me. Uh, I haven't always known how to answer. So I spent the last year unpacking that for myself and kind of creating a system that people can go through online and really create online content that supports the work that they're trying to do, whether it's like a specific workshop or whether it's just getting their own sort of unique take on yoga and their relationship to yoga out there. I think it's more important now more than ever, especially as we're so many of us are working from home to just establish like comfort with being yeah. yourself online and presenting your teaching so, online. So, so what exactly uh, would it be like, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, is, it, is it, is it, you are building uh, like, like, you know, I write a lot. Yeah. Yes. And English is my second language. So uh, it's uh, somewhere, you know, I do grammatical mistake and everything, but still I have content. I So people like us, if, if we want to develop some program or something, how would you assist there, you know? Well, so it's, it's, um, it's going to be like a similar to the way Jason teaches his teacher training modules online. It's like two weeks, right? Mine will probably be more like four weeks because I don't want people to feel rushed and it's not going to be like an all day program, but it'll probably be mostly self-guided online. And then, um, with some kind of, um, feedback group on Facebook or something like that where I will check in with people. Um, But it's really about starting out by um, coming back to, you know, why you do this practice and uh, why, you know, what are some of your core values that you can then translate into consistent content? So it's not like every time you sit down, you feel like you're inventing the wheel. Yeah. It's, it's like you have ideas to draw from, you have categories to draw from, you have, you understand how to, how to use a calendar and to create consistency, um, on basically, and the, the, the platforms that I'm focusing on for people are newsletter, Instagram, just cause that's where I'm comfortable and, mm-hmm. um, either blogging or, you know, video blogging, like vlogging. And I will say yeah. Archana, you know, I am really a proponent of not worrying too much about like grammatical errors or, you know, I, I just coming from like more of a formal editorial background, I think that more and more in this time, people want to learn from people who are just genuine and unafraid to be themselves. And, and so the community, the ability to communicate, I think is so much more important than the ability to, to yeah. write quote unquote yeah. perfectly, you know? Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something real quick, which is just working yeah. with Andrea as an editor for a long time, including like well before we were uh, a couple, her specialty is not um, line editing, Mm-mm. right? Her specialty isn't like the construction of an individual sentence or the structure of a paragraph. It's identifying what you're trying to actually say. And then saying it in a way that is understandable and compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very important because at least working with Arjuna, uh, one thing I realized that she is an ideator at any point of a time, I ask her, she has got 20 ideas going in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think the ideators that, you know, need to realize that there is 
a process which goes on after that idea has been precipitated yeah in order to in order to convert it into a content that could be shared and and that is where that's where people like her need support and and i think that that is a wonderful thing that you are yeah, doing absolutely. yeah i'm sure there would be a lot of yeah i can definitely see my the eyes widening in archana <laughs> 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 well, that's great. I maybe you'll be part of our first our first cohort. It'll be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just conscious of the time. So, um, uh, share some of the challenging moments. Let's challenging, hear. or maybe funny, or maybe or- funny. Yeah, let's hear. <laughs> You mean over the last two days or over the last two months or two oh years? I mean, over the last 20 years? <laughs> the yoga um, moments. Well, uh... You know, it's so funny. I remember when we were first dating and we went to... Um, it was summertime and we went to Cape Cod, which is like a vacation spot with his mm-hmm. family. And we were all staying in this small little uh cabin and i jason's mother is like the kindest funniest i'm like i'm very very lucky in terms of who i i landed on with the mother-in-law and we went out this is just such a random story but yeah, i have no idea um, we this. went out and we every day we would go out and get like fresh fish and and cook it and so one day we went out and we got um scallops do you remember, remember those that. scallops yeah. oh they were so delicious and we were in the kitchen and we were cooking them and having a really good time. And she looked at me and she said, do you guys ever fight? And at that time, I mean, of course, by now, like being married for this long, of course you fight. But at that time, we really hadn't. And I, I, we looked at each other and I, I looked at her and I was like, no. And I think she was a little worried. I think she was kind of like, oh, boy, you know, are they going to be prepared for what life throws at them. And, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, we, of course we have challenging moments. Of course we do both get incredibly tired. We get stressed. Um, but I think that one thing we just do really well is we give each other space to just be, you know, I, I think we both try to, whether it's conscious for Jason or not, it's definitely conscious for me. Like I try to be as empathic and compassionate as possible for whatever he's going through and he does the same for me. And so it's like, if one of us is stressed, we just say it like, here's what I'm worried about today. Here's what I'm like is on my mind. This is why I'm being a little, you know, quiet or being a little frustrated with the kid or whatever it is. And just by naming it, I think we get through a lot. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a couple more things that come up is like, we have really similar worldviews. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have similar personalities, but we have like somewhat different ways of reacting to things, right? And I feel like um, we are really fortunate to mostly see pretty much everything the same way. And I feel like when we have conflict, it's usually about... Like the conflict that we often come back to, it's like our yearly cycle. I was wondering if you're going to bring up our yearly fight. We have one yearly fight. Yeah, we have a yearly fight, which is usually pretty significant. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's mostly about work yeah. and how it's going to be distributed. Yeah. And, okay. um, and like how much travel there's going to be and what the ramifications of that are. Right. You said that and so, so diplomatically. I, I did. It. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're not currently arguing it's about it. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, 
And so for me, I, I think, I think the other thing too, is like, if there is a fundamental difference, we don't mm-hmm. always do this, but if there's a fundamental difference, like I under dramatize certain things and Andrea can over dramatize certain things. Right. <laughs> so, right. So like, I, I'm almost like pathologically, it's not a problem. It's not a yeah. problem. This is just how life is. It's not a problem. Andrea is a little bit more like, no, this is a big problem. You know what I mean? So I I don't know that we strike an even balance all the time and how we respond to, um, you know, certain things. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that's the big one. I think the, I think the work distribution and I think everyone just like, you know, it's important, it's impossible to know exactly how someone experiences their own life. And I think everyone wants to be felt and heard and understood. And so I think sometimes Andrea wants to be felt and heard and understood with the complexity of living, um, of making the world, our world function when I'm gone. And, And I, on the other hand, want her to understand the complexity of me being gone as one of the things that allows us to have the world that we have. You know, so it it, it kind of yes. it, it yeah. kind of cuts both ways. I though that's the big one, man. That's really that's, the big one. That's the big one. <laughs> How long you have been knowing each other or married for? Uh, well, I started working at Yoga Journal in two thousand two, so that's when we met. So nineteen years, known each other. Years. Yeah, eighteen. Years. We've known each other eighteen years. We've been married twelve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And we so, dated for maybe two years. I don't know, two or three. So we'll say two. However long it was, I made it seem like it was an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's that's the beauty of a relationship because me and Deepak are married for twenty seven years, and yeah. when I was in college, uh, you know, first year he was in second year, and we knew from Delhi University, so we knew. Uh, each other since then so now sometime you know the thing what I want to say or what he wants to say before he says I would say those things and so it's like <laughs> yes it's, it, it, it kind of borders and, on to all and, this being and, scary <laughs> and same like you couple we hardly uh, you know we are very good with uh, uh, giving space understanding each other but at the same time we have just one big fight and uh, that 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 become really uh, but but then again you know we know uh, uh, this is this is good to take out uh, anything which is there so that's that's so lovely to hear from someone else too. yes indeed uh, so um i uh, something you know when when we i started off with us saying how uh, why yoga and something uh, just in between while we were recording a thought stuck in my mind and i thought and i think i will definitely share it i don't think you people found yoga. I think with the, I think it's always the yoga who finds a like-minded person. Mm, that's so <laughs> nice. Thank you. I'll take that. that. Yeah. I really, I just, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it yes. found both of us in a lot of need. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we have really needed this practice. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 You guys, yeah. I'm going to have you on. Have, you know? oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, good. I was going to say, I really want to have you on our podcast so we can hear about your dog and your yearly fight. Of course. 
<laughs> and then you both were so humble and so kind, you know, to come to this uh, platform and talked about uh, things because, you know, and this, this would make so much difference where a lot of people know Jason and Andrea and uh, uh, it's it's a very different podcast where we are not talking about the asana, the breathing practice and all those yeah. things. <laughs> it's, it's, or anything like that. We are just talking about something which is, uh, uh, you know. Yes. So, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you very much once again for joining us. It was really enjoyable talking to you. And I think probably if given a chance, probably we can go for another one hour. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got to figure out a time to have you on our podcast. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Good hearing from you guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, guys. Please do not forget to subscribe. Love to hear from you. Our email is yoga.chai.dog at gmail.com Or you can follow us on Twitter at at yogachai.dog1 or on Instagram at yogachai.dog. Bye-bye. Bye.